Welcome to the TFW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. Episode 21. I am your host, Matt. And joining me, as always, Rhodesia and Eshan. Lady and gentlemen, give me the good word. What is going on? It's Friday night. It so is. What we're talking about is going to be Friday. <laughs> we are we are actually taping right in the middle of SmackDown. So I'm able to talk about two things that I, we've seen so far. But uh, yeah, this episode came out a little late. So our apologies for that. Typically, we drop Friday morning. You guys are going to get this one late Friday night. Probably the majority of you are listening to it on Saturday. But some hey, it is what it is. We are here now, lock and loaded. Eshan, what is going on, man? What's going on, family? I'm good. Ready to talk some wrestling. Fantastic. Let's get the sad news out of the way. And it seems like, man, I, with the last three or four weeks, we've had some type of death in uh, the wrestling community. But we did lose another legend this past Tuesday. Jerry Jarrett passed away at the age of 80. If you don't know who Jerry Jarrett is, I don't remember much of his work because I did not watch. I think he ran... Deep South, if I'm not mistaken, or NWA uh, back in the day. Of course, I was US, all USWA. Yeah, I was all, of course, WWF back in the day when I was, you know, a kid. But a uh, legendary wrestling promoter. Uh, he was the wrestler, of course, and the father of Jeff Jarrett, which was really cool to see Jarrett be able to, to wrestle and start off Dynamite this Wednesday. So I'm yeah. sure that probably did his heart some really, really, really good. But Jerry Jarrett did pass away, uh, like I said, of the age of 80. So Thoughts and prayers to Jarrett and their family. Ishan, I know you were, of course, much more enthralled into TNA when that started. You used to order the weekly pay-per-views when they were like $10 a, a week. Uh, anything you want to talk about with maybe his influence on Impact and TNA back then? Well, to be honest, my influence goes even further back than that. I used to watch uh, USWA. I'm not sure how I used to watch it, but uh, I remember really enjoying that show, uh, seeing uh, Jerry Lawler's son, uh, Brian Christopher, at the time. I thought yeah. he was going to be like yeah. the next big thing, man. Had a great look. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, that was where he first started. Uh, looked phenomenal. Um, a dude named Eric Embry was like this little fat, roly-poly guy, but the crowd mm-hmm. loved him. And uh, I think Jerry was running that promotion. And then uh, when the Jarretts uh, started TNA, you know, I, I was hoping that was going to be the successor to WCW. And he had a, you know, of course, he was a huge, um, you know, partner in that. So uh, I haven't seen any of his wrestling. But as far as the territories that he booked, um, you know, much respect for everything he's done in his career. Awesome. OK. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I mean, maybe like I've watched a couple of matches or so, but it was never weekly appointment viewing for me back then. So once again, thoughts and prayers to the entire Jared family. And it may be thoughts and prayers to AEW if the news that hit today Uh-oh. has any credence to it. What's and that? the news that hit today is the WWE is reportedly interested in signing Kenny Omega away from AEW. Word is that WWE was also reportedly interested in Jay White, but there is said to be a much bigger major free agent in play. A person is said to be Kenny Omega and WWE thinks that they can get him from AEW. Of course, we know, hey, if Cody left, anybody can leave. Sure. But what is your guys' thoughts just on 
the fact of, hey, when Kenny's contract is up, and there are some conversations on when his contract is actually up. Some people think it was up in, in a few weeks. Uh, some people think that Tony is going to add on those months where he was out injured, so it won't be up until later on this year. But just kind of thoughts on just, hey, Kenny Omega going to WWE, do you think it's a possibility? Absolutely. Again, and once Cody went over, I never would have thought he would have went over back to WWE. Absolutely. I think that this is a possibility. Uh, so it sounds like you said his contract is up this year. And even if they add on the months he was gone, it still will be by the end of this year. Well, yeah, no, if, if they do not add that time on, I think it's up in a few weeks. Holy moly. Wow. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Answer your question. Yes, I absolutely think that he could go over to WWE. Very interesting news. I hadn't heard this, to be honest with you. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say he stays in AEW, to be 100% honest with you. Uh, you know, like if you th- if you follow Cody's story, mm-hmm. like it kind of makes sense that he will go back to WWE. And, you know, but what was the, the, the joke? And even, you know, Kenny, you know, said it on Cody's way out that, you know, it was the Cody-verse and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? Like, like Cody... Cody definitely had a different vibe than the rest of that roster. And but however, Kenny, Kenny just doesn't seem like a natural fit for WWE and what they do, honestly. Not from a a promo style or even an in-ring style in a lot of different ways. And I'm not sure that the WWE audience will fully would know who he was, right? Because they have millions of casual fans that aren't into New Japan. They may not watch AEW, probably don't watch AEW. So Yes, he'll get a big pop from like the hardcore fans like us. We'll know who he who he is, but mm-hmm. I'm just not a hundred percent sure that Kenny will be a great fit. Not saying he can't fit, because at the end of the day, to be honest with you, AJ Styles, honestly, since he went to WWE, right? He's been doing right. the best work of his career, and I follow him forever. I've I saw all his TNA stuff, and he's a bigger draw, a better promo, a better character, has better presence than he ever did in TNA. He was a wrestler that really, really, really transitioned well to WWE. Um, so could he could he follow AJ's uh, footsteps and have a different renaissance of the Kenny Omega character? That might be the discussion point. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had tweeted out on Monday after that, once again, fantastic promo segment with Cody and Sammy. I know you guys have all seen it by now, but I tweeted out right after that. uh, I said, as a fan of AEW, them losing Cody Rhodes sucked. As a fan of wrestling, though, it's the best thing that could have happened. He's presented as a massive star and has delivered in every spot he's been given incredible stuff. So that's the way I felt after watching that promo segment because we just wouldn't have gotten that level out of Cody, I think, in AEW. Who cares whose fault it is? You know, I see a lot of discourse on social media of, well, hey, you know, Cody has some type of creative control, and that's why his stuff looked different than everybody else. I I don't, whatever on that, I'm just looking at what is being presented in front of my eyes right now. And it's that Cody is the biggest star in WWE right now, minus Roman, minus probably Sammy, right? It's, It's those three which is fantastic because that is who is at the top of the car right now. And kind of everybody else jockeying for position. So if Kenny was to go to WWE, let's, let's play along and say he does, right? Let's just say that triple H gives him a offer. He can't refuse. Do you see a, I'm going to say career Renaissance, like, 
Cody has gotten from WWE. Because even before Cody got hurt, yeah, it was, you know, he was back. It was great. It was more of that wild factor that, wow, he's back in WWE. He had the feud with Seth, but it was nothing to the level of what we're seeing right now. You know, albeit just the emotional promos, albeit because he's in the main event spot for WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. I guess oh, we'll you see mean, you mean here character. in the next 24 okay. hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So could we see Kenny completely supersede anything we've seen out of him in AEW? Or if he did go to WWE, would it just be potentially the best version of what we've already seen from Kenny Omega? Well, I still don't feel like I've seen anything of New Japan Kenny in AEW. So to answer that question that you just asked, absolutely, we will see a, a different side of Kenny. Well, actually, probably won't because I don't think that style of WWE will welcome kind of the style he was in New Japan. But I've always felt that the Kenny Omega in AEW is like Kenny Omega light. Not trying to not come in any, at any um, rate as far as like how he works. It's just that it's not as explosive. Um, and then he had, got hurt. He was hurt for quite some time. So I know that added to it. But I just never saw Kenny the way I did in New Japan as he was in AEW or as he is currently in AEW. You know, I, I want to give him a I want to give Kenny a, a, a pass on his entering because like, it, you know, all the reports came out, came out and you listen to his uh, his interviews. He was he was dealing with a lot of injuries and, you know, kudos to him for being able to 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 perform at the level he did. You know, with those injuries. Um, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, I mean, honestly, I think he has to have. We have to see a different Cody. I think we have to see a different Cody than we saw in New Japan. I don't think that style and presentation transfers over to the U.S. audience. The Cody or way. Kenny? Oh, hundred percent, Kenny. Like, okay, we Kenny. know what Cody okay. can do. Yeah, yeah, we gotcha. know what Cody can do. Like Cody's, Cody was made. He was born in that system. We know what he can do. But no, Kenny, I think that he will have to do like an AJ Styles. I think that he would have to just go there and it just click, you know, his promo will have to change. Uh, and maybe it will. And maybe not his in-ring style because, you know, you know, those guys can go in the ring, right? There's, there's a different mm-hmm. pace in the WWE style, but you know, Seth Rollins, that guy goes, uh, you know, Kevin Owens, those guys go like, it's not like, you know, 10, 15 years ago where there was this WWE style and, you know, it was this slow part of No, these guys are going in the ring. We see in the NXT, um, but I think from a character standpoint, absolutely, he'll have to find something different than we've seen um, because that WWE audience, sure, we like work rate, but it's all about character, presence, and promo there. So he definitely will have to kind of show us something different. Yeah, I think it would have to be closer to the NJPW Kenny Omega than the AEW Kenny Omega that we've seen. So all that could be for nothing. Tony could scoop him up and, you know, <laughs> sign him for another three or four year deal. And we just had a nine minute conversation about something that did not happen, but it is absolutely something to keep an eye on because I think the Bucks contract is also coming up relatively soon. So it's going to be super exciting to see how that plays itself out. Uh, anything on that before I throw it to Rhodesia for her black history moment that she wanted to hit for this week? As far as Let's what? Go. As far as AW or what? No, as far as the Cody, the Kenny piece. I, I'm going to just see how this plays out. No, no, wait a minute, guys. I, I, this is See, this is becoming a weekly thing, and I knew it was going to happen, right? Matt is putting up all these polls, talking about he don't want to see Cody at this Mania main event, and he's praising them all over the place. 
You know what? I want you to call the Breakfast Club and I want you to apologize. I want you to apologize to me. I want you to apologize to Cody and the Breakfast Club for being a Cody ass hater. You know, and I did another poll this past Monday too. So I'll just kind of go over that. So right after that fantastic segment with Cody and Sammy, I put a poll up and said, thinking about only the main event of WrestleMania and nothing else. After all, what would you want to see the most as your WrestleMania main event? I gave it Roman versus Cody, Cody versus Sammy, and Roman versus Cody versus Sammy in the triple threat. The last option was Cody versus Roman at 13%. Second option was the triple threat at 33%. And then the top option at 54% was Roman versus Cody. So people definitely have love for the triple threat and just the one-on-one. So it's working. Right, we, we talked, you know, two weeks ago, the, the poll was, would you be as emotionally invested in Cody as you are with Sammy and the bloodline? And I think that one was almost 50-50. I think Rhodesia was like, nope, I said, no, I wouldn't be. I'm still not just because we're talking nine months worth of programming that we've seen with Roman and Sammy. But so far, they have not missed at all in each and every segment. And I'm still going to be cheering for Roman and booing Cody <laughs> April 2nd. You're going to call it up here, and you're going to apologize. <laughs> All right, Ray J, I hear you. <laughs> EJ. <laughs> EJ. <laughs> speaking of, you know what? That was absolutely black history for the Breakfast yeah. Club when Ray J caught up there, but we're not talking about that kind of black history. Radija, what is your black history moment you wanted to highlight for Black History Month of anything in wrestling that really got to you? All right. So it was Saturday night in Florida, Tampa Bay, Florida on April 10th, I think. And it was the first ever woman's main event to black women. Where's that applause at? You got to put that out there. Oh, I was waiting for you to say who the women were involved. uh, You haven't given us. Yeah, that's, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to like get you to say what the match was. And then I was going to hit you with the applause. You still haven't said it. Okay, no, you can do the applause after I say their names, too, because I want you to applause after I say each name. So it was Bianca Belair, challenger, versus Sasha's Banks, the champion at the time. <laughs> Sasha's Banks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we weren't there. You know, I'm, I've been so freaking spoiled and blessed in life that, you know, I've been able to go to a lot of different WrestleManias. Uh, we weren't there. I think that was the first one back to a crowd. So I wasn't there in person, but I felt it. I had all the goosies. It was such a beautiful, special moment. You felt their energy when they first started the match, how emotional they were. Um, and that's something that, you know, I could have brought up, you know, Jacqueline winning the women's um, heavyweight championship back in 98, hmm. but I wasn't watching then. You know, I had just started watching wrestling right after that happened. Um, but I'm just going off of, you know, what was memorable to me and what I felt and how proud I was in that moment. So, again, applause to both those ladies. Um, thank you. And they showed out that night, too. And what a wonderful way. Because for a moment, I thought maybe they weren't going to main event. And then as the, the card kind of went through on night, we're like, oh, yep, they, they got the main event spot. So that was my Black History moment. And that's a fantastic one. And I remember probably the biggest memory for me was, and in the African-American community, like words matter, right? Like for Michael Cole to say, this is the first ever match with two black women main yep. eventing. It was like, okay, he didn't say African-American and because that matters. 
you know, mm-hmm. he said black. And it's like, wow, that is that that's super, super cool. So yeah, that was that's a fantastic one. So and then Last that week, was actually the beginning really quickly. That was the beginning of what we're seeing in the, the beginning of the stardom of Bianca Belair. You know, since then, yeah. like she's just been killing it. I mean, she's been so, on fire again. Bravo to yeah. Sasha Banks Mercedes for, you know, dancing with her that night and, and making her look great as well. Um, but just I'm, I'm just so happy. That was a really proud moment to be a black woman for me to be able to see. And I would say just for anybody who is a wrestling fan, they should be proud of that moment. So he had Ron Simmons last week. Where it is you had Bianca and Sasha this week. Spoiler alert, next week, mines will be where another champion was crowned at WrestleMania that we were actually in the building for a few years ago. So shout out to all these fantastic Black History moments. Yes. Uh, word comes out today also. Vince McMahon is looking for nine Billy. And that is billion dollars to sell WWE. The company currently is valued at $6 billion. Do you guys think he gets $9 billion? And do you think he gets it without selling it to the Saudis? So first part of the answer, the question, I'm going to say probably not $9 billion. Billy, this is part of negotiation. If you're saying that he have a current evaluation of 6 this is probably just a land somewhere around 7 7 and a half. And the answer to the second question, I don't know who has money like that out there. I don't know what companies, what, um, who can. So I guess just because of the little bit I know about that side of it, I would say only probably the Saudis could afford to do that. Hey, I echo uh, exactly what Rhodesia says. Um, you know, it's negotiation. Um, but sometimes, look, I'm not going to get too personal about different things, but just for me in life, Sometimes you got to shoot for the stars. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to just go out there and put your number out there. And sometimes people will say yes, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe he does get nine. Maybe somebody does have the pocketbook for it. I don't know who that's going to be. But to be honest with you, I don't really care. Man, I just want to know, can Triple H stay head of talent? (laughs) That's going to be the big yeah. And storylines. That's all I want to know. And can we get Vince to make sure, can we negotiate a clause that he can never, ever <laughs> touch the pencil again. Ever. So as long, if I can get Triple H, head of creative, Vince out of creative, I don't care. Well, I, let me take that back. I do. It, well, yeah. But outside of like the people, we don't want to have it. As long <laughs> as those things are, things are happening, I'm good. What about you? Yeah, I don't. I think, um, I mean, $9 billion is a lot to ask for, especially when the company's valued at like $6.5, 6 billion. So I definitely think it's a situation where he's going to raise the number one so he can be involved longer than not, probably in negotiations, but also to both of your guys' points. Hey, if I know it's worth six and a half, if I can get eight, why not ask why for not? nine? Yeah. Why not? You know, why not? so we'll see. But yeah, that came out today, too, that he is looking for nine Billy to sell the company. Uh, last week, we talked about Braun Baker, and I gave my little essay on... I think he needs to do more. I think he's not where he needs to be. I think he'll be fine. We kind of talked about that, but it's not where he should be right now and the position that he's in needs to be more. Turn on NXT Tuesday night. Boy, oh boy, was that crowd on his head. They were kind of mean to him. I ain't gonna lie. Hit him with the Braun Breaker sucks in terms Brown of the Baker giant sucks. Cena. Yep. In his chant, Genderman Hall came out there. 
and gave him the business. And I loved it because Jinder <laughs> pushed him in that promo. He, he really did. He really did. And uh, I really enjoyed that just to see how Braun would react to some type of, you know, angst there. Um, so it's starting to happen, right? I'm not I, now at this point, we know I'm not on the island. I think you guys even agree too. like, hey, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. What I thought was interesting was Booker T on his podcast this week. I have a quick quote. and I want to get you guys thoughts on it. Booker T says one piece of advice I can give Braun Breaker is you might need to listen to the fans. You can't get complacent in the business and think that the fans are going to stick with you. The one thing that you need to make it to the next level is the fans. The fans dictate everything. The one thing with Braun Breaker is that he's got like one gear. He needs to figure out when he's riding in first, second, third, fourth, and when he needs to shift into fifth. That's something that right now he's in that mode to where he's learning that. To me, when I read that quote, that tells me that Booker agrees with the fans and agrees with me that Brian's not doing enough right now. Still giving him, of course, you know, some rope to say like, hey, he's, he's still learning, which of course he's learning. But I thought that quote was pretty interesting for him to kind of say, hey, you probably need to listen to the fans. You're not where you should be or where you need to be right now. But that's a little bit not fair because don't listen to the fans. I don't think he's purposely not trying to be the face of, the, of you know, NXT. I think that that's just be, aren't there producers and mentors back there that are supposed to help with developing them oh, yeah. and learning that mm-hmm. kind of stuff? So I guess I think it's a little bit flawed just in that comment of you need to listen to the fans. Like how? Brown Breaker suck. What can he do from that? So the only thing I think he can do is learn what, again, what he just said, learn the different gears, the many different facets of your character. I, I don't know. I just, I just think he needs to leave NXT. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And then he could, he could pick up some of that with the more the veteran and seasoned in, you know, WWE. Yeah, those are very uh, chilling comments, right, that mm-hmm. people put out there. Um, but, you know, like, Booker also is a master. He tells stories, right? He he works. Like, you know, I think there's always, like, a line that he kind of walks as far as telling his honest opinion but also working. Um, but going back to, to Brian, I just feel like he's still – he's very young in the business. And I think yeah. he, he, he plateaued hard. Right. He he got to a certain, let's say, level really quickly and quicker than probably people expected. And especially when you turn on 2.0, you know, what was it? What has it been a year, year and a half? Yeah, it's been over a year. It's been over a year. He was so further along than everybody else that they were pushing at that time outside of, you know, Melo. Right. Right. He was Mm -hmm. so far along and he got up there so quick. But that happens at times. That happens when sometimes guys, they get to a certain spot and they kind of stay there and they need something else to kind of push them over. Now, we don't know anything about his work ethic, what he's doing behind the scenes, you know, how he's training or any of those things to see if he's doing, putting the necessary work to get better. I would assume he is because he's had the championship for quite some time. So if he was a lazy guy, not putting in the work, I assume they would took the belt off of him. But I think what they need to do from a creative standpoint with them. And they kind of did with Mandy for a little bit. They let these people hold on to the titles a little bit and they haven't put it really put them in jeopardy, right? Like he's, he's kind of been booked as a dominant champion, but he hasn't been working like a dominant champion. Um, so I think from a creative standpoint, they need to do something a little bit different with them. Maybe he needs to advance his character anyway. Cause like, you know, that's what I keep talking about for me. It's all about character and persona. And maybe he needs to 
be a little bit more of the dominant champion, you know, get a little bit more of an edge, do a little bit more than Rick and, and Scott Light, right? Like really, yeah. truly honing on his character, and maybe that might take him to the next gear. That's a good call. Yeah, I think, we, you know, they have stand and deliver Mania Weekend, him and Melo. One of them are going to the main roster after that match. I would agree. I'm, I'm, would I'm agree. just going to assume Melo's going to win the NXT championship because that would be a great stamp on his trajectory just throughout NXT and WWE. So then you look at Braun to go, but I, I think Melo is by far more ready for the main roster with Trick than where Trick. Uh, Brian is right now. Yeah, but I also think that there's nothing more for Brian to do in NXT. In, in that in that situation, yep. yeah, I don't think he gets any better. He's got to start yeah. working with yeah. much more talented people than him to get those reps in and, and kind of get all that. So we'll see. But I, like, I did think those – I thought those that quote was really telling because without Booker saying it, Booker saying the fans are right. Like, dude, it's time to start. You got to step it up. So I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting, I'm, I'm sitting there watching – it had to be, I don't know if I was watching SmackDown last Friday or I was watching Dynamite this past Wednesday. And I got to thinking, we talked a lot about Soraya. Ishan, you have said your point clear, clear. You hate the way she's been presented, the way she's been used. We get it. We get it. I started thinking about Bray and how he's been used since he's been back. So I got a question for both of you. Only think about the matches they've had and the stories they have so told so far. Okay, so nothing else. Whose return has been better? Bray Wyatt, since he's been back, or Soraya? So that's so good because you said better. And again, what are we basing it off of? And you had mentioned kind of the storyline um, that they had. I'm going to have to say Bray only because I'm more engaged in that story. I'm more engaged with Uncle Howdy. I'm, you know, I was able to see real quick before we started um, recording um, Uncle Howdy actually getting physical in a ring. So that that story itself to me is more entertaining and I'm more engaged and I care more about Bray's story than Soraya turning heel and all this other stuff going on. So I'm going to have to go based off of who has me more engaged into their story. And that's Bray. Man, like it's not even a question for me. You already know what it is. It's Bray all day. I know I said that there was been some moments when in Bray's story that, you know, it felt flat for me, but mm-hmm. I'll take that over anything I've seen from like, the, 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 what story Saray has been doing. I don't know what her story has been. It's been all over the place. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that woman. Um, I just felt like from the get go that her return should have been with WWE. Um, because she's, she's from that product. She's, she was, she was born and raised there. And I think she should have moved back. H would have put her in a better position. Absolutely. From a story standpoint, mm-hmm. Bray all day. Bray all day, especially towards the end. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sh- I'm, Maybe I'm missing what he's doing right now. Because um, sometimes I do fast forward. I might fast forward through a couple of things too quickly. Um, but especially the last couple of weeks uh, leading up to that Mountain Dew match. I thought it was some good stuff. And I actually liked the Mountain Dew match outside of the, the blotch elbow drop from uh, Uncle Howdy. And that was Uncle Howdy. That wasn't Bray. So... For me, 100%, Bray has had the better return, as I knew it would be. So I am going to go against both of you 
No way. And I'm going to say no it's not way. even close. No way. It's a Rhea story and her return. Both of you guys both brought up Bray's story. Oh, man, Bray's story is so great. Pop quiz to either one of you, both of you, and we can take all day. What has happened since Bray's been back? Um, we have you guys. You guys are telling me about the story. No. So I so don't bring up anything with how great interests look and how just incredible things are on the screen when he's there. Let's either I said matches or stories. His story. What is Bray's story so far that he's done since he's been back in October? So his story is that there's actually an Uncle Howdy. There's actually a physical Uncle Howdy. Prior to that, we didn't know that there was a physical Uncle Howdy. Okay, so all right, so that's your answer. Mm-hmm. My rebuttal to that would be my my rebuttal to that would be he came back in October, so we got October, November, December, January, so five months of story. Your best answer just now was, "Oh, Uncle Howdy's a real person." Well, because you just said okay. I can't bring up matches, I can't bring up other stuff. No, no, so I said you can bring up matches. You just can't bring up like, oh, he has one of the, the coolest interests in the world, or like that. Like Soraya's story has been, she came back from injury, she took on arguably the most popular wrestler in AEW. She has now turned heel, and they're starting a uh, outsider, you know, storyline. There's things that we can point to as of right now. There's nothing you can point to. And I've enjoyed Bray since he's been back. But in the five months he's been here, I don't think they've really accomplished anything. Well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Hey, Rhodesia, Matt's still sick. <laughs> See, this, 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 this flu started a long time ago, right? Because there's no way. I told you a couple weeks ago, we went to that live show, and the crowd erupted when Bray Wyatt came out there. We popped huge when he came out there. When Soraya comes on your TV, the crowd gets quiet. I, I, I had to check to make sure my, my volume was working, to be honest with you. Sheesh. Night, man. So, the, so hold on a second. So, TV on mute. So, the crowd also me. erupts when Goldberg comes out every time. You're taking Goldberg oh, in a match gosh. in 2023. You absolutely are not taking Goldberg. So, let's not just talk about crowd reaction. But, like I said, we'll agree to disagree, but you guys can't tell me. Anything well, from Bray's yes, story yes, so far, and, and yes, you also I just can. said you this fast is, forward through them. You, this, you don't even is, know. You don't even know what happened. This, you this fast forward like, through it. This is uh, this is the worst take you've had in years, man. Like I think I think he he was sick weeks ago. That's why I was wondering why he asked this question. I'm like, this is like a no brainer. Like right? I'm like, what are we talking about? Okay, so then and we'll move on after this because I do want to bring up Ring of Honor. Hold on, before you say something, I think maybe your question could have been more along the lines of what has who had a. I don't even know how to word it, but you can't clean it up. Who, no, it's no, yeah, no, no. What I'm saying, well, who has um, opened up more of, of the story? Like who actually has been more purposeful? There we go. Who's been more purposeful in their return. And that'd be the only way that I would say yes, Soraya would be because of, and it's still not Soraya. And it's still not Soraya, but she's part of it. And she's spearheading it. So I would have to give that to Soraya, but just overall who had a better return. You can't argue. It is Bray. Who's had a better return. And it has been five months that he's been back and nobody's saying that it's stale yet. So and nothing has happened story, in those five months, but it doesn't matter. Oh, because, nothing has happened in those five months. Once again, I am entertained. I am entertained with the over the top interests and then his uh, Muppets coming back to life. But then I thought they were, were done for and all yeah. that. And then tonight, which actually I got pretty excited about. He put Brock and Bobby on notice. Yep. He sure came did. out with he came out with Uncle Howdy, cleared out uh hit roll, which man, hit roll again. 
just got like, come on, okay, man. Like, let's, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep and going. he said, hey, whoever wins, Brock, Bobby, run. All right, so now, now I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued for Mania to see what that looks like. Because I definitely didn't think they were going in that direction for WrestleMania with him. But like I said, we'll agree, disagree. You guys said your piece. I said my well, piece. T- hey, so. do me a favor. What I didn't hear you tell me is what's so good about Soraya that you wanted to talk about. What's what, what's what's a moment that's really grabbed you as a as a fan? What's give me no? Because actually, the way I originally had that question was whose return has been the worst. That was originally how I had the question. And then I switched it and said, "Hey, I want to have a positive spin on it, positivity." Okay. So I went with better. But I think both of them have had some misses on it. But if you're talking about just strictly, that's why I said story and matches. I think Soraya has ticked more boxes in terms of her matches she's had. I mean, she's had, what, three or four matches to raise one on TV so far. I mean, he's had one match out of five months. And we haven't, our story hasn't progressed. He came out and and said that Uncle Howdy is not me. Uncle Howdy's a real person. We, We figured that we found that out in November or December. And like, we, we haven't gotten any, any farther with it. Once again, I'm enjoying it. I think it's entertaining, but overall, when you look at it and say, man, he's been back for five months and we're kind of in the same spot we were when he first showed up at extreme rules. That was all. Next topic. Ring of honor. Ishan's favorite TV show that I'm sure he is clamoring for Thursday, March 2nd on honor club. Tony Tony Khan announced that a few days ago. So now we are getting AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, Ring of Honor on Thursday, AEW Rampage on Friday. So they are taking a three consecutive days toward the end of the week. I am not going to order on a club day one. It's $10 a month. I'm going to wait and see what that product looks like. I think that Tony needs to get Dynamite and Rampage. Dynamite has been fantastic. This past week was a dud. Whatever. We, we've given Raw plenty of duds, so I'm not going to trip on one episode. We've talked about how great Dynamite has been over the last few weeks. Rampage is a different story. We'll talk about that a little bit toward the end of the pod here on kind of what your guys' thoughts about Rampage. I got some numbers to kind of go over with you guys. But uh, for me, that's where I really wish his all of his you know effort and energy was toward. It's not. Now we know Ring of Honor is starting. I think they're actually taping next week, I believe, for that. But March 2nd is uh, the first episode. So, Ishan, how excited are you? And will you? I'm sure you'll be getting it uh, week one, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and get it. man. I, you know, I, I like to try wrestling. You know, I, I try it all. Um, man, I'm scared. Tony, In I'm what scared, regard? man. It's, it's ROH thing, man. I mean, you know, it, there was a time period for me as a fan of AEW and, and Tony Khan in general, I'm like, man, this dude just don't miss. Like, man, he's just, everything just knocks it out. Man, of course, I've always had some some things about his his character and how the pace of the show and stories, things of that nature, but it just seemed like he just didn't miss. And I feel like this ROH, is, he's been swinging and missing like the whole whole way, man. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's rough, man. Like, I, I want to try it, like, because, you know, I want to support the product. I want to more opportunities for the guys and gals. And, you know, I'm hoping, you know, I'm not sure if I'm jumping shark too quick, man, but I'm loving Mark Briscoe. 
you know, and his character, like, I, I'm a big, like, man, uh, his his interview, I think it was last week, leading up to the match this week, man, like, he just shows so much personality and charisma. I'm like, man, you know what? I think I want him as my champion of ROH. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that might be a great, I, I want to see ROH just so I can see more of him. I think he's just such a fascinating character. Um, Grimer, you see the Grimer one from, you see the one from this week? After he had the one with uh, Lex, what's her name? Lexi Sky is that her name? The uh, backstage interviewer. Yeah, he had one after he won. Yeah, and he, like do you see that one? He put the hat on. and He said two and zero, baby. I'm looking yeah. for some paye. <laughs> man, he is what? such a character. He's he has so much what? personality, man. What, what are you looking for? He's looking for some gold. He's looking for some gold. Oh, man, so like, so, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for some gold, baby. So if I can see more of him, I think that's a win, man. So yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm I'm, I'm worried for the show, but I'm 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 hoping I can see more of him. Uh, Shane Taylor, shouts out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I am concerned though. I and I'm just like more to cons- know what they're forecasting for. What is a successful yeah. year one for them? I'm really wanting to know that. Like, are they saying like ten thousand, five thousand subscribers is is a good year one for them? I just really like to know what what their their goals and projections are. It's a good question. Especially if they don't do anything with a streaming network or platform besides Honor Club. Right. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. Uh, One thing we do know is Revolution is starting to shape up, which, thank goodness, it is in two weeks. So I would hope so. Uh, The matches so far confirmed. We have MJF and Brian Danielson for a 60-minute Ironman match. We got Samoa Joe versus Warlow. Shout out to Warlow with that fantastic personal promo. He had on Wednesday with uh, JR. We have the four-way tag team match, which right now we just have the Gun Club and the Acclaim. We're no, going to get the other Top two. Gun, right? Oh, no, 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 that's Top well, no. Gun. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it could be in it. We'll see this it Wednesday and next week. But as of right now, Tom Cruise is not showing up to Revolution. <laughs> we got Moxley and Hangman in a Texas death match. And then just today after... Rampage, it looks like we're going to get the Elite versus House of Black for the trios title and Swerve versus a returning Keith Lee. So as we know, AEW pay-per-views always deliver. Wrestling content is going to be fantastic. Card looks pretty good. I do have some issues, though, with just there's only been there's going to be less than two week build for some of these matches and announcements. But overall, the card looks pretty good. What do you guys think about? The four matches we know that's guaranteed and the two that sure are going to come probably be confirmed this Wednesday. Where's our lady match at? Well, we should have a couple, right? We should have Jade, hopefully, defending her mm-hmm. title. And then Hater, what right? does that look like for Jamie Hayter? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, at least just the four right now, because I'm looking at the cover art so far, the four that they have announced prior to today. Mm-hmm. And... I like that a really, really solid card. And like, like you said, I don't get disappointed in the match quality um, in AEW ever. That's kind of our beef is that they go too fast. Like just slow down a little bit. There was more blood again this week on a on dynamite, but I think we'll talk about that maybe at some point in the show, but no, I'm happy so far with the card. Yeah. The two weeks is kind of quick to try to build something, but we see that AEW always is in fast gear in fifth gear, whatever gear it is. That's the fastest. So, I guess it's Brown Breaker's in first gear. Tony is always in fifth gear. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. I, like it's 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 coming very apparent that you guys are much more hype on these AEW shows than I am, and I'm not excited. I don't think they've given much Jeez. to be excited about. To be honest with you, like I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, cause I know I know what it is. I'm gonna get good wrestling. 
Um, I'm, I'm excited to see. I love seeing Swerve, but the, the only problem about Swerve, I really only see him on Twitter because I can't find myself wanting to watch Rampage in order to see those different segments. And I can't wait to see Keith Lee again. Um, but to be honest with you, it's not not doing it for me. And then Tony keeps, uh, you know, promoting uh, most of the card a week before the event, so I can't get hype too hype about those those matches before I see them. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm like at a level five right now for, on the pay-per-view, but I'm sure it's going to deliver, as you said, because of course it's going to deliver. That's what they're known for is their match quality, which is always super high. And I think it's so funny. That's a great segue. So I will, let's back up. Last Friday's Rampage did a horrible rating. I think they did like 373,000 people or something like that. And they've been struggling in the ratings, right? So I did a poll on Twitter, and the results were really intriguing. Couple that with the rating from this past Wednesday, which was only about 824,000, I believe. 824,000 people, I think they did for Dynamite. Like I said, Dynamite was not good this week. Uh, Everybody has a bad week, whatever. To what you just said, though, E, I think, and it's great for us to have options right we know what we get from wwe i think we're really really starting to see what we get from AEW, and with AEW, it's the matches they tell stories yes but i think people tune in just for the matches so check this out the poll i put up i think it was on monday i said uh when do you watch AEW rampage this is question for AEW fans I gave them four options. One, I watch every week live. I watch if the matches, and I gave a thumbs up. So if the matches are good, I'll watch on DVR later. I only watch Dynamite. Number one answer was I only watch Dynamite at 37%. The second answer, I watch if the matches are good. That was 25%. Then we went to I watch every week live at 22%, and I watch on DVR later at 16%. Reason why I share those numbers, if you take the top two answers, they got the most. I only watch Dynamite and I watch if the matches are good. Put those two numbers together, that's 62%. So that's 62% of fans. And once again, this is a small segment of AEW fans that took the poll, but that is 62% of fans that don't watch or only watch if the matches are great. I think that explains the rating from Dynamite this past week. When you looked at everything they had announced, when I looked at it, I'm like, man, this card is not the strongest. Like, it looked like it was kind of just thrown together. I did think they did some really good things with with execution. I thought the way they broke up some of the sit-down interviews, I thought that was good. But it wasn't a ton of, like, star power and big, big matches. And then the rating show, 824,000, whatever I said it was. Um, I think... The AEW fans, and there was a lot of discourse on social media afterwards about what's wrong with with AEW. As soon as that number came out, it was like, oh, now there's like a five alarm fire and AEW is about to go out of business. And just reading some of the comments on it, taking away anybody who was a troll, taking away anybody who was just WWE fans and truly watch both or only watch AEW. I think some of the issues that we have at times with AEW could easily be kind of dismissed because one, the quality of WWE a year plus ago, 
or so, or because the good things you were getting was so good on AEW, you kind of could just like say, you know what? All right, well, nothing's perfect. There's never been a perfect wrestling show, but they do more things right than not. But just looking at these numbers, I think Tony has set himself up, and this could be a positive thing. You guys tell me if it is or not. If we're not putting on fantastic, top-tier, high-caliber matches, we're not, giving, we're not getting the viewers. And I think that's a slippery slope because where do, we, yeah, where, where do we get to the point where the investment of the wrestlers is what I'm tuning into the show for? Because we got a pay-per-view in two weeks. And for that number, once again, it's a, a nominally. We'll see what that number looks like Wednesday. If it's still in that 820, 830 area, okay, we'll get on this you know, podcast next week and really have a deep dive on what is going on in AEW. But I think that they have now set themselves up as we are the great wrestling show. And if we don't provide great wrestling or a great lineup, we're not going to get viewers. Rampage last week, I do expect Rampage this week to get a good rating. It came on at, you know, an hour early or hour before SmackDown. So it came on at seven o'clock or six o'clock, depending on where you live. They had a really strong lineup. So I do think this number is going to be much, much better than the past few weeks. But I'll be honest, this was the first Rampage I've watched in either two or three weeks. I'll DVR it. And there's times where I'll just forget to watch. And then I'll look at the lineup. I'm like, mm, I kind of know what's going to happen. And I, I kind of don't watch it. So, so. What I'm about to say is going to be like, are you freaking serious? AW puts on so many great matches as far as like the, the matches itself. They're great. I, I rarely say, oh, that was a bad match. It's almost like they give us too much good all the time. So when it is by anybody else's standard of good, nobody's going to watch because mm-hmm. they are. They, but I think we've, I've even addressed this a couple months ago. You know, Tony is trying to put on, I, I read a uh, quote that he has said, to, I forgot, maybe in the Wall Street Journal or something that said, my job right now is putting on excellent matches every single week. And I think he's still in that mind frame because like you said, for him, he's only competing against him, his own self and his own, that's right. his, like his bar. So it's like you said, if he is constantly putting on great, great, great matches, great lineups, and then he have one week where it actually is still a really good show but it's not great, then people are going to stop watching it. And it's, it's almost like you're doing too much good right now. Give us a little bit of bad. But then again, that's a slippery slope too. It's just, it's just a really weird, funky time right now. And I know Hunter taking over um, creative had a lot to do with this. I'm not, I'm not going to say had a lot to do with this. It's not making this kind of, um, it's not making it easier. This is, this is tough for, for him right now. Yeah. You guys bring up really to, I mean, a lot of great points. Uh, you know, I was nodding my head the whole time you were speaking, Matt, and Rhodesia, you bring up a, a lot of really good points. You know, walk me here for a second. You, if you think about why we all became wrestling fans, right? It's because of larger life personalities and characters and stories. Like for me, when I saw Hulk Hogan, like this big, you know, dude in yellow, and mm-hmm. he's talking crazy, acting crazy. I remember the coconut. Oh, Roddy Piper overstuck his head. I remember the cartoon. I remember these characters and these personalities, right? Like my kids, my sons, they love the Big Boss Man right now. Like they, man, they hit that song (laughs) so hard, man. Like they love this dude, his song, the nightstick. He's a character. They love the Ultimate Warrior, right? These these men aren't even with us anymore. Like, why? How do they? How are they so gravitating towards these characters? They love Booker T as well. Because Booker T is what? He's a character 
in a right. lot of ways. He's a great wrestler, but he's also, you know, can, can you dig it, sucker? And I mean, just everything about him. He has so much personality and charisma. And the thing with WWE is that they have so many casual fans. And Vince, for years, has been chasing those casual fans to get them you know, to constantly watch the show. Kind of like to our dismay, right? We felt like over the years they were he was ignoring his hardcore audience. Well, Tony listens to his hardcore audience maybe a little too much. Maybe he's too hardcore of a fan because he's not doing the necessary things to grab the casual audience. And if you look at the ratings now, comparing to WWE, right? Their ratings, I think, for Raw was like one point eight or something like that, which was a drop. But WWE has millions of casual um, fans that tune in and out depending on what's going on right Mm -hmm. aew has a different type of casual audience i don't think their casual audience are the same as wwe's their casual audience are other wrestling fans maybe wwe fans that tune in just to see big matches tune in just to see the big stars if there's something going on in the world and social media on the news they're going to watch that instead of the show they're not they have about a good two hundred fifty thousand or maybe more people who are just tuning in and see the big stuff and if the only thing that you can give them is big stuff, big matches, like when, like there's going to come a point where you can't always deliver those good matches, right? But would you know what you can always deliver? It's awesome stories, awesome characters. Like those things can carry you through a lot of different things. So just going back, bringing it back to a title with the bow is that Tony focus on match quality and not character development is detrimental because here's the thing about those great matches. You and I might think a match is great, but it might be subjective to somebody else. They may not think so. Because, look, we talk about a storyline perspective. When you're constantly flip-flopping the guns as assholes in one segment and the the the, the ass boys as fan, uh, favorites in the next uh, uh, segment, and then the next week you got them trading championships, well, guess what? Just last week, I kind of cared about the ass boys a little bit. So I don't, I don't necessarily want to boo them. But guess what? I don't necessarily want to boo the claim either. So when they lose the titles... I'm just going to sit there on my hands and look like, oh, how am I supposed to feel, right? I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily invested in this moment. And so you just don't have a lot of investment in the actual product and these actual characters. And all people want to see is blood and guts. You can only deliver so much. And we saw no, you're right. in AEW, this dynamite this week. Yeah, I mean, but we're going to get that, right? But um, I, I do think that, and that's fine if that is his business model, if that's AEW's business, business model, mm-hmm. right? We have been to... Over 11 AEW shows since its existence. So it's not like I'm like, oh, man, I'm turning my back on AEW or I'm not a huge AEW fan. I've been to more AEW shows in the last three years than I've been to WWE, probably like times three. No doubt. Right. But I can just look at some of the things that I see as an opportunity and it bothers me because I can just see it could be much more. I'm never going to be the person that says AEW doesn't tell stories. They do tell stories. But when I look at it, and we'll talk about this next week. We're not going to get into this right now. So make sure, mark this down, E, for next week. When you had a golden opportunity to turn MJF face, when he came back at All Out, Tony, I get you probably had a year's worth of storylines set for 2023 to lead up to the whole bidding war 2024. I get all that. You had a golden opportunity to turn him face. And I would go as far to say if you turn him face, I said before, I think he is somebody that you can put the promotion on their back and you would have started seeing the rise, significant rise in attendance and in ratings. This week, his segment was flat to what the entire show was. It was there was no bump. And it's because we don't want to boo you anymore, MJF. Sorry. 
We don't. We want to cheer you. But you're fighting against it the same way Vince fought against things for years. Where we're like, man, he just needs to give the crowd what they want. Like I said, we'll talk about that next week and kind of look at maybe just what implications that could have done positively to the business if MJF would have gone face instead of staying heel, you know, during this time period. But overall, I, I think just kind of looking at that poll, and that was for, once again, the diehard AEW fans to say, hey, I only watch Rampage either when the, the matches are good or I don't watch Rampage at all. It makes sense why those numbers are what they are. Dynamite gets eight, you know, 76, 900,000. Rampage is getting 450, 400. Mm-hmm. That, it, it makes sense. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how, the, how that looks going forward. But uh, we do, like I said, we do have Revolution in two weeks. The awesome thing about AEW, though, is we get pay-per-view cycles. So you may hate a pay-per-view cycle overall, but then when that pay-per-view hits, we kind of get that. We turn the page. We kind of get the eraser out, and we erase everything, and we lead to that next pay-per-view. So we got two weeks until Revolution, and after that, what is it? It's uh, double or nothing in May in Vegas. So we'll see what that looks like going forward. This weekend, which you are listening to it now, tomorrow, which is Saturday, is just massive for wrestling fans we have MJPW, which we're not going to go over right now, uh, but Mercedes' first match since she has left WWE. There is a awesome stipulation for Jay White and Eddie Kingston, which now is basically whoever loses is done with New Japan going forward, which is pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. For us in the Chicagoland area, we have Warrior Wrestling. If you are in the Chicagoland area, come out. And see us tomorrow for for that. And then we got Elimination Chamber. Which I'm going to have to watch Elimination Chamber on Sunday morning. So I will be in the bubble tomorrow night. Or tonight if you listen to this on Saturday. Let's get into this pay-per-view premium live event. I said a couple weeks ago, typically February used to be no way out for WWE. And it was a, probably the worst, most meaningless Garbage. pay-per-view all year. Because you knew they had to put it on just to put it on. And we were just trying to get to WrestleMania. This year is not it. Every match on here is really, really strong. Let's start with Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. E, I'm going to start with you. Who do you have winning this one and why? Man, honestly, I don't know or have an answer to that question, but I'm definitely intrigued in seeing the match because, uh, you know, Bobby has been coming off a little more heelish lately, right? Yeah, he, he is like the heel. He's more the, the heel in this, right? And, you mm-hmm. know, he's, he's back wearing the suits again. He's back, he's back looking like superstar Bobby. Back know, looking like, like her business, Bobby. Yes, sir. That's, what, that's exactly where I'm going. Yeah, man. let's I mean, hit that, know, baby. It's MVP, you know, you know, far behind. Are we going to see Sheldon? Are we going to see the, the prime Alexander? I mean, you know, if they get involved, what does that mean for the match? You know, um, you know, we got what's going on with Bray. I mean, it's it's a lot right. of you know, ways that this this thing can go. Um, that's going to be very very intriguing. Um, so I mean, if I had to pick a, if I'm going to have to pick somebody, I'm I guess I'm a I'm gonna go with Bobby winning and the Hurt Business reuniting, uh, causing Bobby uh uh, La- I can't get this man's name out of my mouth. <laughs> What's his name? Lashley. Brock. Bobby Lashley. Brock Lesnar. Brock. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Been a long day, y'all. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I think uh, Hurt Bridges is going to cost Brock the match. Hmm. Okay. I like, I is like it now? Is this? Is this their second or third match? Why? Why do I feel like this is this like is their third match? 
This is their third match. So this is their third, mm-hmm. right? So this should yep, be the blow off, right? Yep, this is it. And I, that's why okay. my answer is going to be dictated because of that. Brock is going to Okay, win. who'd you got? Brock is going to Okay. Win. Because Bobby, I believe, he, he Bobby won the second one, and Bobby won the first one because I think that's when um, Paul Heyman got involved. So, and um, Brock Lesnar no. put in Bobby over. Bobby won the first one. Bobby won the first one at the Rumble. He won okay. a championship. Remember he, remember, he messed his yep. shoulder up, but he won the title from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Brock the won, Brock won the second one. Right? I don't remember Brock. No, Brock the, did not win the second one. Yeah, Bobby it was won. at uh, Crown Jewel or whatever like it was Crown called. Crown Jewel, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, yep. And Brock won? And then, of course, in the, yeah. Brock won. Yep. Yeah. Brock won that one. Remember, then Bobby destroyed him afterwards? Yep. Maybe that's and then we had the rumble Maybe where I'm remembering. Okay. Bobby, Bobby threw Brock over in like a minute. So, so Bobby definitely has good. the upper hand on Brock. Yeah. Just because I already said it, I'm going to still go with Brock. Brock is going to win. I like her business causing the match, um, but I'm still going to go with Brock. And mainly because Brock has been selling for Bobby mm-hmm. like big time. Like I don't ever see Brock sell for anybody. So just this is like I guess his receipt in a good way. Brock yes, you do. Win. Don't do that. Brock sells no, for everybody. Whatever. Let's he go. sells who, for who, everybody. Who, well, everybody who, he respects. No, there we go. Um, man, I don't. I remember when he did it, John Cena, years ago. Okay, and they were in that corner, and he punched him dead on. I from that moment, from that moment, Brock Lesnar turned me to, for I will hate him forever and hate him not in real hate, but for vacate. There she is. Ever on since then, every since then, Brock did that goes. to me. I'm like, why is he hitting him so hard? He does realize that this is this is you know scripted. He he beat John Cena's booty in that corner. You remember that was like seven years ago, and that's <laughs> that's that's what happened. John Cena pooed it because he got hit in the face so hard. Keep going. Jeez, I'm going. Um, I'm gonna take the whole Bray Wyatt thing out because I just have no idea where they're going. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> just forgot yeah, about I mean. That. Conventional wisdom, I don't even I was even surprised they were doing this match. I thought something was gonna happen on Raw where they was not gonna be the contract signing and we would get that match at Mania. Um give me I'm gonna say it, give me Brock. I don't really believe that, but give me Brock. Just because Bobby has the hurt business coming, you know. Um I just who whoever loses, I just don't want them looking bad. Like they right, need to be protected right. in this loss. Whatever I happens, think, just think, protect him in his will. loss. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, I think they both will be protected. I mean, who who knows? Hell, maybe maybe Bray does something in interfering the match. I mean, that just really threw me off when he called them out. Like, why yeah. would you call those two out of everybody? <laughs> I can't wait to find out why he would call them out out of everybody that's on the card. But I digress. All right, so I'm gonna go Brock just officially, I guess. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Ishan, who you going with? Oh, this is one of them things. It's, it's no way that uh, Judgment Day can win this match, right? It's, mm. it's no way. There's no way. See, but I I'm think there is a way. And I, I'm, I'm thinking Finn takes the 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 pin, okay? Right? Because Rhea has to look strong going into her match. Um, but I, I think we're going to see an edge spear on Finn. One, two, three. Because this is just bragging rights. Think Edge and Beth Phoenix is going to win. Uh, what's you? What's I'm kind of like so confused on is I really believe Rhea is going to be a face come mania. So I just want to know how this is going to all start playing out. So maybe they, they lose and Finn does something to cause them to lose. I don't know, but I, I who's going to win the match. I think it's going to be edge and Beth Phoenix. Cause it's not like for titles or anything. I think we'll get them to win. 
but um, Rhea's going to have to change. She's like in a fork in the road. She's going to have to like split off from Judgment Day. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Because she's so gonna much, get cheered. She's, she's gonna get box. cheered at Mania. She's gonna get cheered crazily at Mania. So I'm gonna go uh, opposite of you guys on this one, just for the hell of it. I'm gonna go Finn and Rhea. I think that Edge does not. Now this is kind of like, all right, let's think about it from a storyline perspective. We know Rhea has. She can't take the the pin going going against Charlotte at Mania, so she's gonna be protected. And Edge doesn't really have a WrestleMania program at all right now. So if he moves away from Judgment Day, who are you going to heat up to go against him in the next 30 to 45 days? Randy Orton. I'm going two. to I mean, I thought part about that too, but we don't we don't we don't yeah, we don't need to see the what was the the world's greatest wrestling match part 2 or whatever. They tried to sell it a couple years ago. Right. That was really bad. Match was great, was but like don't sell it as that. Really yeah. Good match. yeah. So, I'm I'm going to just assume that this feud is not over until Mania. Just for them, I'm taking Finn and Rhea. And then we get some type of big match with Edge and Finn at, at Mania. So, we'll see. I am going with the Judgment Day on that one. Let's go United States Championship in the Elimination Chamber. Austin Theory, who is the champion, versus Seth Rollins, Montez Ford, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. Ishan, who you got? I am going to go with Austin. I think that the hottest person in that whole match is, is of course, Seth. But I okay. don't think Seth needs the, t- the championship, especially Mm-mm. if I'm thinking about who's going to head into uh, WrestleMania. So I think it would be more likely that Theory retains and, you know, he has some kind of challenger at Mania. Uh, so I'm going with Theory. Okay. Ooh. I think that's I, know the, I think that's that that's the smart money probably. I know who's not going to win. I know Gargano is not winning. Gargano is not going to win. Um, but it's see, it's between Montez and Austin Theory, and I just feel that Austin still deserves the title. So I'm going to still go with Austin Theory. That's the smart money. And if I was betting, that's who I would put it on. But I'm not betting. So I've gone against you guys. Before I'm gonna go against Keep you guys again. I'm gonna say, it's, it yeah, I'm gonna say it's Tez's time. It's Tez's yeah. time. I do think Austin's gonna win, but I also don't think I think we're gonna get him and Cena at Mania. I don't think that match needs to be for the title because I I think if it's for the title, we know Austin Theory wins. I think if it's not for the title, you kind of don't know who's gonna that, win, yeah. right? I would love for it to be Montez. And there's a story, you know, and every tag team doesn't have to have the whole, I hate you, we broke up, now let's feud. But this is kind of set up for that. Montez wins his qualifier. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Help me out. Dawkins. Dawkins. Dawkins did not win his. Nope. We can see something there with that. So I'm going to go Tez. Let's go Montez. Oh, no, but Something's happening because that, that Montez was singing to Dawkins the other day. I mean, I, hey, it, it got to be some trouble with Paradise. You know, another man singing to you. You know what I'm saying? It gotta, <laughs> something, something, something's happening. So we, we might be seeing a few you know, coming up soon with those two brothers. I think so. And it's going to be some good TV. Women's Elimination Chamber match. This is to go against Bianca. I think this one we're going to be all on the same page on. We got Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Nikki Cross. Versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Natty versus Carmella. Ishan, who you got? Carmella, 
Oh, okay. So we are not on the same page. Man, she looks great. She looks great. I love her with her darker hair. Stay like that, Mm -hmm. Carmella. Uh, Wonderful. Come on. Nobody's ready for Asuka. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) And that's that's what I'm going with without those sound effects. I can do it for you. Yeah, this is Asuka's match to win and to lose. I think anything else just would not make any sense for WrestleMania. I don't want to see anyone else in that match but (laughs) Asuka versus Bianca for WrestleMania. So there you go. Main event time. Are we giving Sami Zayn any chance in the world to walk out as undisputed universal champion? There's a chance, but it's not a likely chance. It's very improbable. Not impossible, improbable. Ishan, your mic is off, sir. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but I had to belch, so I muted. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to go with a, a championship change. Okay. Um, but I think we're definitely going to see some kind of furthering of the storyline, right? Like with the Usos. Oh, they time. Because they say they, they can't come, right? But that, don't, that doesn't mean they, they, that they won't. I think something definitely is going to be a big storyline. Yep. Uh, yep. you know, occurrence on this show. And that's what I'm really excited about, more so than the winner of this match. Do I think the semi's good? I mean, there's a chance, like Brody just said. I mean, it's a chance he can win it. But I think it's more likely we're going to get a huge, huge storyline um, re- uh, reveal on this one. Um, where does Cody come into play? Where does KO come into play? Where is the Usos coming? I mean, there's so many different scenarios. Like, it's so much intrigue for me in this main event. Like, what's the next chapter to the story? I don't think it's going to end with Sammy becoming champion. Um, but, hey, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he did win, right? I mean, I would be happen. shocked. I would be absolutely shocked really? if he did win. Yeah, I mean, I would pop forward Sunday morning when I'm watching. But I would be absolutely shocked if Roman does not go into WrestleMania as the Universal Champion. So as much as I would love for something to come out of this where Sammy is still involved in the main event program going into Mania, I think we know that's probably not the way they're going with it. So, of course, I'm going to take Roman Reigns. I just don't want... I think we get Kevin Owens' return. We haven't seen him, of course, since... Royal Rumble. They're in Montreal, so I think it's fantastic that they're going to get that moment. I just don't want Sammy to be dropped down a level after this match. That's my only worry. I'm hoping not. He's he's done some fantastic work. Of course, they. I think a report just came out a couple days ago, talked about how now he's looked at as a ratings mover, because nice. when, he, when he's on TV, the ratings go up. Now, granted, whenever he's on TV right now, he's either been on TV with Roman in the bloodline or on Cody, so it's not like he's carrying a segment by himself per se, or with Heyman, but I just don't want him dropping. And I'm not saying that him and KO going after tag titles is a drop if it's presented properly against the Usos, but I just think there is there's a lot to this story that we could probably, they could still peel back some layers on this. So I, I'm hoping, my biggest hope out of all this is there is something that is unexpected that happens at the pay-per-view for the main event. That's, that's, that's my hope. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, like, 
Somebody that was one of the theories. The Rock comes back <laughs> and costs Roman. Sammy wins, so you get Sammy and Cody Woo! at Mania, and you get Roman and Rock at Mania. At this point, I, I, I ain't got no there. words for I ain't got no words for the Rock until he shows up. <laughs> he is doing everything in the world. He shows up at the Grammys. Yep, he's he's doing everything, but what we need him to do, and that is to come back for his cousin. So until he shows up, I think I'm not even going to acknowledge him at all going forward. So should be a fantastic show. I am super excited to, to see this one. And that is once again, this weekend. So um, anything else you guys want to bring up or want to discuss before we get into our TFW moments of the week? I have three statements. One, I loved on raw backstage interview. Um, the girl from Maxim MMM, whatever the name of their group. Calling Otis mm-hmm. Otis. Oh, that Otis. was so beautiful. I love he's, that. He's the ladies' man, isn't he? He is, he is the la- first Mandy. Mandy. Now this. Yes. <laughs> so we need to highlight Otis. Um, so Otis. Um, I'm actually not going to say this other one because it's negativity. So I'm not going to put that out there. No, say um, it. Go ahead. Do it. Still not. Still not feeling Meechin. So I don't think it. I think it's because with AJ got getting hurt and kind of the breakup of their group. I think that's kind of is, is she's just falling victim to that kind of yeah, storyline stopping. Yeah, like it's it feels it feels off. Something feels yeah. like it's missing yeah. with her right now. But but good great talent again. Just I'm just not feeling her right now. And then the last one is do y'all care about Christian being back on AEW? Hmm. Yeah. He's still because he's still feuding with Jungle Boy. So he's coming back to yep. that same story. Yeah, I think so. Um, because Jungle Boy needs to get that big win over him. Which oh, that's probably another match we'll get at Revolution. So good call there. But no, it, I was happy to see him. Okay. We know the match is going to be good. We know he's a great talent in, re- in regards to even just backstage helping the younger talent. He can still go in the ring. Is it something that like I would just completely, utterly go out of my way for for a Christian program? No, but I, I was happy to see him, and I'm, I am excited for that match. I guess I'm in the minority. I'm, I'm actually was very, that's one of my uh, moments from the show was Christian coming back. I love his heel work. I love his, I think he's one of the best promos in that company. Um, I think he's a little bit of a different heel than, you know, MJF. I felt like, like, whereas MJF is trying so hard to be unlikable and to be this heel, like, whereas mm-hmm. Christian just commands it. He just seems like a villain. He just seems yeah. like a villain. He comes out there and I think he just commands it. I love that he's back. Um, but keeping with the AEW thing, you know, uh, I think we got a. Gl- I missed it myself actually, but I another, another act I missed um, was House of Black. Um, so we're gonna get them back hopefully soon. Uh, we got Christian on the show. Um, some of my favorites are, are coming back on my TV. I could be more happy about that. I lied. I have a fourth thing because what is your fourth so, thing? It's so important. Um, and I'm not talking about the match quality it, itself, but I am so happy that just AEW Dynamite and Raw this week ended with women's main events. And if you rewind a few years ago, it was such a big effing deal for women to main event a TV show. And for it to start happening more and more and more, and then this week alone we have Raw and Dynamite in one a women's match, I just mm-hmm. think that that is just showing so much progress. Um, and it's almost becoming norm. And that's, you know, we just have to evoke change. And to me, I'm really proud 
because again, most people probably didn't even realize, oh, wow, it did end with two, you know, women matches, but that's just something that I see. And I know when I was watching this, this was not the case. We were in bra and panties and nothing against a woman who wants to flaunt around in bra and panties, but you know, that's got that right. That's what I had before. There's nothing against. There's nothing. You understand what I'm saying to you? There is nothing against. If they want to bring back bra and panties, I'm here for it. I will respect it. I would appreciate it. I know Ishan feels me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, point is, I just want to say that they're making it to a point where it is no longer, oh, oh my God, it's the first, it's the first, it's the first. They're making it a, a norm. So, and then right. thank you to the guys too for, again, for allowing them to to take that spot, not, you know, welcoming, welcoming them to that spot and the people who the powers that be putting them in that spot, you know, taking those chances. So shout out to all of wrestling. Amen. <laughs> hey, staying with staying with that same love, you know, like um, in that in that AW uh, main event, I I feel like I would have felt more strongly about Tony Storm poking on her booty and letting Soraya spray something all over it. I felt like that would be a bigger moment for me, but it just wasn't. It felt flat. And so when you talk about like the Soraya storyline, that's really intriguing. Like something about that moment was taken from me because how flat her story's been. Soraya. Well, that is, you're right because I was like, on. why is she putting an L on her booty? Like, I get what the point was is to make it smash on her face, but like, you're yeah. marking your own girl as an L. Like, no, like, that was, I didn't get it either. Mm-mm. Y'all done uh, ragging on my girl, Soraya? No, I'm not ragging on Soraya. Are you I done? Was. I'm done. Are you finished or okay. are you done? Right. Come on, Birdman. TFW moment of the week. Radiza hit that beautiful jingle. TFW moment of the week. You felt it this week. I like that. Mine is Cody and Sammy from Monday Night Raw. And I just thought that Cody did such a fantastic job of cheerleading for Sammy. Uh, You know, there were a lot of people that was worried about, hey, will Cody start getting booed because people wanted Sammy and they did everything they needed to do over the last two weeks. Last week with Heyman telling that personal story this week with Cody trying to get Sammy to believe in himself to go out there and do what he needs to do. He said, Hey, I don't want to see you next Monday. I want to see you at WrestleMania. I just thought that was a really, really good piece of business. Once again, a lot of my moments of the week, not matches is moments. And I've always talked about how as wrestling fans, we remember moments and it's not all about moves and matches. It's things that you remember after the show. And for me, that was probably the biggest thing by far from that show was Cody and Sammy. They both did a masterful job. So kudos to both of them. Awesome, awesome job. Rhodesia, what is your moment of the week? Well, this week we celebrated a very romantic day in Valentine's Day. And so my moment of the week is Mommy's and Dominic's first Valentine's Day dinner. Maybe the last two, but it's their first Valentine's Day dinner. They show up to the restaurant, for those who haven't seen, and their reservation is stolen. Oh, someone already got your reservation. It was Ray and Angie eating up all the food, drinking up all the, the fine bottles of wine and champagne. After they got him kicked out, he's like, oh, you know, let me, um, he being Dominic is like, oh, bring me the finest wine, the finest champagne you have, the, the most expensive one. Boom. At the end, he's like, here's a tab. Put it on the tab. And he's like, oh, no, there's no tab. And the guy before you, whatever. So he had to pay, naturally, everything for the whole night. And we know what happens. Credit card gets declined. (laughs) So at this point, Dominic's fight or flight reaction was to flight. And he took off. 
leaving mommy to pay the bill in cash. And the look of disgust she had in her face, that's why I said that I think this would be their last Valentine's Day dinner as well. Is this the beginning of Rhea Ripley completely leaving the Judgment Day? Because she has a cheap ass boyfriend and peels as, as buddy. You also forgot about uh, bringing the finest chicken fingers. <laughs> there it is. That that was the moment. That was right, the moment of right. all of that. You're right. You're right. I thought it was me ordering when he said that. <laughs> we all been there. But look, uh, I know I told you what my, my moment of the week would be, but honestly, my moment of the week is uh, Mark Briscoe and AEW performing, man. I am like so super ecstatic around his performance and how he's able to finally represent them boys, the Briscoes on TV and this, how well he's doing from a, you know, just life, you know, it's a, it's a lot happening, man, you know, for him. And to see him on TV performing the way he's performing, wrestling, character, showing people how to do it and showing that he belonged on TV long ago, man. Yeah. For me, Mark Briscoe doing his thing, being that character, having great matches is that's freaking wrestling for me. I'm super excited to have him on my television. Love it. Another successful episode, lady and gentlemen. Appreciate it. Like I said, this one got to you a little late, but hey, we delivered nonetheless. Do me a favor. Do us a favor. Spread the word, guys. Sub to the pod so you don't miss anything from the three of us. Hit that follow button, subscribe, and share to support us and what we're doing with TFW. Also, give us a follow at Twitter at That's FNW. And do not forget, we have the full episodes on YouTube now at That's Freaking Wrestling. As always, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week.